So a little pit, little part of me dies when I see someone waste food, and it's not because they didn't finish their plate. And we get parents. Oh, forgot my mic. Um, often told kids to finish their their food. However, this isn't really about you know in this generation. It really isn't about um, be going. It's about going beyond the plate to reduce food waste. Sorry. So a couple of months ago, our family went out for dinner for the first time um, since restaurants opened up. So this is this video or this podcast, whatever you're watching or listening to, this is um, today is September in 2020. So we're in this COVID kind of era um, and restaurants were closed for, for quite a while and then they opened up. Um, so our family is really excited to finally um have some good old greasy canadian fried potatoes you know like fries good juice good good oily crispy fries for us for our family it's always a treat to go out to eat um because generally we eat over like almost 90 percent probably more than 90 percent of our meals at home i cook like a stereotypical asian mom big pots big walks flying colors kind of thing right um the entire i have an entire post on um, the cooking tips and hacks that I inherited from my mom. So, however, this time was a special treat because of good old COVID. Um, and we had been home for so long that like going out to eat felt like the, the first meal you have after finishing a prison sentence. Um, anyway, so we go to a restaurant and we settle at the table. The hostess brings us our menus and the adventure begins as we're like peruse the appetizers, the entrees and the desserts. And I love looking at the kids menu because it's often a really good value for the money you pay. Like it's just the biggest bang for your buck at kids menus. Um, and so and we like to impose the parent tax of two. Uh, two fries for dad and half a chicken nugget, ch half a chicken um, strip for mom. Um, so food comes and, you know, I, I often want to go to like a white, like a Western restaurant, a Kenyan restaurant. Um, so not Asian. I ordered the clubhouse because I never ever have the time, the patience or really all the ingredients available to create a club clubhouse. I mean, it's like three pieces of bread. It's got bacon. It's got like all this amazing stuff that you only little bit, need a little bit of. And I never have those little bits in my house. I mean, who has a slice of tomato? Like just lying, right? So it's a, I always order the, almost always order the clubhouse and French fries because I can't make proper French fries at home. Anyway, plus having like someone deliver, like just hand you a sandwich, like make you a sandwich and then deliver it to you while you're just sitting there. It's like the biggest, like it's like one of the best gifts anyone can give me. Just like I'm sitting here, if someone just brought me a sandwich, I'd be like, yeah, you know? The, my, my sandwich comes, I bite into that triple decker meat and bread piece of art, you know, savoring that little bit of mail that's just like, you know, just clung on to the corner of my mouth. You know, the smoky bacon, the tangy tomato, the crispy lettuce, the, Oh, I'm like, I'm like slavating. Thinly shaved chicken breast, um, toasted multigrain bun. I always choose multigrain usually. If not, like a good, what's that type of bread that's like a, like a, almost like a rye. But anyway, rolls into a ball in my mouth and then lingers on my tongue before I swallow that, just the, that burst of flavor in my mouth. And then between between bites, I like to like grab a fry. I'm not one of those people who finishes a sandwich first and then goes for the fries. I like to like kind of have alternating, alternating bites. So in, in between 
So I take it between bites, I pluck a fry that's just like, just had a, like a light sprinkle of sea salt and a couple of like dashes of malt vinegar. And then I dunk it, like I dunk the full thing into ketchup because I love ketchup and then toss that baby into my mouth. And like the whole experience is like incredibly gratifying. I like, I really enjoy my time at restaurants. So it's not often, it's very infrequent. When I do, it's like amazing. So I'm like, I'm about to start my second half of my sandwich, like the second the best part which is the second part um i look over at a family like sitting two tables away like two tables because they're socially distanced of course and the dad of that family very similar family like there's a mom and dad and two kids um dad also ordered the clubhouse and but he's left like half his sandwich on his plate and then like most of his fries and then he's also and then like and then the crusts the crusts with all the good little nuggets of goodness from a multigrain bread where they have the seeds and the little clusters of crunchiness, he's left all the crusts of that part of the sandwich that he did eat onto this plate. And then, and then he's thrown a napkin like on this plate, like to indicate to the waiter, like, hey, I'm done, take this away from me. Um, and then like the rest of the family, I was like looking at their plates, didn't fare any better. Like their kids, they ate most of the fries, okay? but like barely touched their chicken fingers. And the mom left like all the tomatoes, olives, beets and onions on her salad. Like how is she full from just eating lettuce? Like lettuce and dressing, like. And then the waiter walks by, like I see him walk by and then he takes their plates and then, just, and then comes back with just the bill. And then the dad pays and the family leaves. And I'm like, and like as they're leaving, I'm just like, I like, I turned on my husband and I was like, my eyes are like about to pop out of my face. My jaw like, almost about to unhinge. And I'm like, did you see how much food they left on the table? Like, can you believe they didn't take that to go? Like, like that amount of food is enough for their dinner tomorrow. They could have saved like, and I'm assuming they may even go out again tomorrow and do the same thing. That's like entire full meal. That's like two meals then. So when we came home that night, I like I just I, I was still riled up, you know, like riled up from from seeing that family throw away all that food. So I was like I'm like okay, what? And whenever I get emotionally triggered, like, I start like kind of like, okay, calm down, calm the fuck down, right? I start digging deep into myself and do my own self reflection exercise. So there's another video. There's a video I did about trying to increase your self awareness, and um, it's about asking yourself five whys every time. You have, you've made a decision about something to kind of increase your self-awareness. And I wanted to ask myself five whys of why I'm feeling this way. Why did I care so much? You know, why did the family's actions pinch my values? What values do I have that they went, do I believe they went against? And like, why was I emotionally triggered? So my waste, not want, not upbringing. So when I asked myself why, so I started asking my questions about wasted food and what what experiences I had with wasted food that I have growing up. So growing up with Asian immigrant parents, um, typical, right? My dad's paycheck went to really two things, the mortgage and groceries. And then my mom's paycheck may, primarily went to our clothes. Um, we had a lot of hand-me-downs and stuff like that too, but with three kids, it's hard to always just do hand-me-downs. Um, and extracurricular activities. And then anything extra that they had from their paychecks, they would save, put in their savings, and then put it into uh, make an additional payment for the mortgage at the end of the year. 
So like survival was kind of the priority and food and shelter were the main concerns as parents. Um, money was tight and throwing away, so if money is tight, throwing away food is like throwing away cash. And that was kind of their mindset. And so my mom, which I've written a lot about and talked a lot about, um, was really resourceful in making sure her daughters, my sisters and I were fed and nothing went to waste. Um, and really those resource, that resourcefulness I've inherited and that's how I cook. I mean, I still take my black bean jar sauces and rinse it with water because there's still left, like there's still some left and, and I'll rinse it with water and then pour the down thing and pour the water into whatever I'm cooking. Um, and so I've inherited that cooking style as well, um, where it's like, you know, a pinch this, handful of that, a few spoonfuls of this, and throw in some garlic while you're at it, you know, like, what, what recipe? What recipe? And that, that's how I cook, right? Because you don't know, you might be finishing up a jar of oyster sauce or hoisin sauce or hoisin jar, and just, why not just use the rest of it? How many tablespoons is that? I don't know. So I was taught to finish my plate, which led to emotional eating. And I've done an entire, another entire video series about emotional eating and my recovery and how um, trying to tease out the emotions and my actual hunger cues is an ongoing journey for me. Not that I've, not that I've perfected, there's no such thing as perfection, but it's an ongoing journey of constantly kind of evaluating, assessing how I feel versus how hungry I really am. Um, so my aunt, my mom, because of that, those values around survival and about food and shelter and stuff like that would often preach to us that we needed to finish our food. And she would guilt trip us with the classic story of starving kids in Africa who have less than us. I think a lot of folks have heard that story, right? And, and it kind of like makes you feel guilty for not leaving food on your plate and then you want to eat the food even though you're not hungry anymore. Um, and then later on, when we were teenagers, um, she would prey on our vanity and our self-consciousness, consciousness, consciousness, not not consciousness, is anyway, conscious. Um, and she would come up with this. She came up with this stupid myth about how for every grain of rice you didn't eat, like a beauty mark would appear on your face or a freckle or something like that. And I talked about that as well in that. The, the, the video I did about recovering from my emotional eating. You can either take it as, I hate my mom for doing that to me, or you can take it as, I'm gonna understand her journey and I'm gonna understand why she did and said the things that she did so that I can have some kind of context behind my upbringing and behind my own values and beliefs and how I wanna be as a mom. Um, so every, din every dinner, she put a lot of effort and thought into coming up with dishes. Like she really wanted to come up with exciting flavors and textures so that her daughters would eat, right? Because kids are picky, right? Kids are really picky eaters. And so you have to be very creative in making something that's nutritious and delicious and that would, they would actually eat with the ingredients she had in her pantry. And of course we were like money was tight, right? So it's kind of sometimes very limited in the, the ingredients that you do have. And you want to make it enticing for them to, for your kids to eat. So knowing that when she'd see food that was left in our bowls, it would actually upset her and her feelings would get hurt because she assumed that we didn't appreciate her efforts because that's how she showed her love. Um, and that we didn't like her food, that we didn't think that the effort she put in was worth finishing. You know what I mean? And, you know, she had good intentions, right? Like those are good intentions. She wants to feed her kids. She wants to make sure that they, they eat enough to grow. And she wants to 
make it so that it's enticing and flavorful and all these things. And, and that's how she showed her love. And so despite her good intentions, it manifested into my emotional eating. Whenever dinner was served, I had this like feeling that I wanted to finish my plate as to not disappoint her. I talked about um, this in another video, but as I grew up, you know, with this kind of history in my childhood, it led to disordered eating to, you know, it became an, an eating disorder where I tried every single diet there was. I tried caffeine pills and patches and laxatives and cleanse and shakes and protein shakes and, and everything and anything to manage my weight or lose weight in order to kind of feed into what I wanted to be, what I want to look like. My recovery didn't really begin until my late 20s when I, was, when I realized that it was tied to my emotions and that really when you're, when you're hungry, you should eat versus when you're feeling lonely or feeling inadequate or you're feeling anxious or frustrated or bored. Um, and then of course, practicing mindfulness and gratitude um, during meals helps that because then you're able to really tease out the flavors and the textures more so than trying to cover up filling a void as well as finding healthier ways to manage my emotions such as writing uh, creating meditation yoga talking to friends and family that's kind of my story on finishing your plate and how it led to my emotional eating that it's not really about finishing your plate um, so the next part of my series is talking about what i actually want to preserve when i see food get that gets wasted it's it how I changed it from thinking about finishing your plate to saving the planet. Okay, so stick, stay tuned for the next part. So let me know your thoughts about um, finishing your plate and whether your upbringing shaped your views and whether you had parents who guilt tripped you and if you had like, did you have like your parents, your parents ever tell you that, you know, starving kids in Africa story? Uh, just let me know in the comments. Hey guys, it's Catherine here. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If you loved this or you resonated with this and found value in my content, please hit the subscribe button. And thank you so much from the bottom of my heart.